good morning again everybody. Good morning to those watching online. Just a couple announcements as we get started. Uh, we're just about a week and a half before Christmas. Again, I don't want to scare anybody. I made that announcement here already. So just anyway, um, next week I will be doing a Christmas message. I was debating whether I was going to take away from my series right now or not. And I just feel led to. So I'm going to do that. So we'll take a time out next week and do a Christmas message. And then, uh, um, then we'll come back to our series that we're going to be talking about today. And great realities. The only other announcement I have right now, uh, just think we have Bible study tonight at 6 o'clock, and uh, we're not taking a break with that one, and then uh, we still have our Bible classes online on our website at lighthousediscipleship.org. So I don't have a lot of other announcements right now. We do have a game night uh, two weeks from this coming Saturday, the last Saturday of the year. Uh, we have a game night here anytime after 6.30, feel free to just come in, and it's just a night of fellowship, really. That's what it is. We'll play some games, have some fun. A lot of laughs, hopefully. So, um, so anyway, so if you don't have plans and you want to hang out with somebody, we'll probably have communion sometime during that evening as well as we kind of do a pre-intro to the new year because uh, it's a few days before the new year actually begins. But uh, that's just kind of be our little party. So anyway, uh, we'll announce that more next week as we get closer to that. So okay. Without further ado, let's go ahead and get in the Word this morning. We're talking about in Christ reality. So we're going to start out with Romans chapter 12 again this morning. I just want to finish a few notes from last week, and then we're going to jump into what I have prepared for today. So, so Romans chapter 12, we'll start with verse 1. And I'm just going to make a transition here in my iPad. chapter 12, verse, beginning verse 1, Paul says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Verse 2, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the, and this is key phrase we're focused on right now, by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. We're talking about in Christ realities. I think we're actually in week seven talking about this and, and uh, um, when, uh, we've been talking the first section of this uh, whole series about uh, identifying our new identity in Christ and we're still we're still working on that uh, in some ways. But we received a new identity when we became born again. We uh, That's what being born again is all about in many ways is that we receive a brand new identity and we need to identify with that. We need to and, and, and even though we have received it already by being in Christ, we need to renew our mind. We are transformed as we renew our mind to who we are in Christ. The title of this series is In Christ Realities. And who we are in Christ is more real than who we are in the natural. We can't see that with our natural eye. We can only see that by having a relationship with God, a relationship in the Word. That's how we're going to identify with that. That's how we're going to see that. We can't renew our mind naturally. because That's doing the same thing we're already doing naturally all the time anyway. 
We need to renew our mind to the Word of God. We need to renew our mind to who we are in Christ. And we're only going to do that by having a relationship with the Word. Jesus said, abide in me and abide in my Word. Let my words abide in you. And we need to abide, just like a, a branch on a tree or a vine abides in the branch. The branch in itself is not the source. The, 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 the vine is, the branch, the, the seed, the roots are the source where the life comes through that, that vine or that, branch, that tree, that plant. That makes sense? And we are born again in Christ Jesus. We're not born again outside of Christ Jesus. And who we are is in Christ. And we need to renew our mind. And that renewing of the mind we need to do consistently and constantly. Because we live in this world. And we get all kinds of information coming to us through the world. Just living naturally. It might not even be bad information. It's just natural information. But we need to renew our mind daily. And throughout the day. And when we're talking about mind renewal, it's not just cramming your brain with a bunch of scriptural facts. There is importance of giving. We need to know the Word of God. We need to have a relationship with the Word of God. And, and, and knowing scriptural facts is going to help with that process. But in right mind, we know it's not just cramming and in one sense just trying to memorize it. It's, uh, and all that can be a good exercise as far as memorizing the Word of God and studying the Word of God. But mind renewal is aligning our mind, the way we think, what we meditate on, uh, to the Word of God, to who God says we are, to who God is, first of all, to who God is, and to who God says we are in Him. There's over, I've said this from the beginning, there's over 300 scriptures in the New Testament that talks about who we are in Christ. So the apostles' doctrine, the apostles talk a lot about who we are in Christ, and we need to renew our mind. The word, the word renew, renew the mind, means to renovate. If we were to renovate this house, it will have a, it would have a new look. We might change some things. For example, we could change the windows. We might change the walls. We might change the flooring. Uh, we maybe we might add some rooms. That's something we would like. Uh, you know, we add some rooms. So it might have a new look. It might have a totally new. Uh, if we own this house, it would have a totally different landscape. Uh, we, the ivy would go away, and we we just have some other green and flowery things growing over there. Uh, but it would just have we would renovate. It would have a new look. Well, we need we, we need to renovate our minds to who we are in Christ. And uh, and so, as um, the Word of God says, we need to be thinking on. We need to renew our mind to what the Word of God says we are. Uh, not. Um, Paul says it this way in 2 Corinthians 5, verse 16, that we know no man after the flesh. Behold, we are a new, all, behold, we are a new creation in Christ Jesus. I'm paraphrasing, but we, we need to behold that. That word behold means to see with, and if you study that word behold out in the Greek, it means to see with the mind. We need to see in the mind. We need to behold who we are in Christ. And sometimes throughout the day, even though we, we, those of us who are students of the Word, those of us who are faithful uh, and, and, and in, the, in the Word of God, even us, us who are mature in Christ, we need to have that time each day to be renewed in our mind. We will be renewing our mind every day until Jesus comes. And, uh, and I'm not saying we have to start over, but we need to be renewed. We, need, just need, we just need to learn how to detox from the world at times. Uh, and, 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 and get 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 plugged back in just like you need to charge your phone just like you need to charge 
that plugs the things in our, our computer, if it doesn't get charged, it, it's just going to shut off eventually. We need to recharge our mind. We need to be renewed in our mind. And it's a constant, it's called discipleship. It's called, it's just like, just like a plant. If you don't water it, if, if you don't fertilize it, if you don't feed the dog, if you don't feed it, if you don't eat physically, if you don't have good nourishment and nutrients in your body uh, and water it, you're not going to last very long. <laughs> and, and if you don't have enough, then you might live, but you're not eating the right foods, you might not live very healthy. And so we need to have a good diet of uh, physically, uh, a plant, a dog, an animal needs to have a, a decent diet, but we also spiritually need to have a good diet. And sometimes the only diet we get mentally is the, the just go, doing life. And some people that that's, that looks differently. Maybe it's just family. Maybe it's the workplace. Maybe it's TV. Maybe it's the news. Maybe it's social media, Facebook, whatnot. Maybe it's all of those things, a mixture of those things. We're in the world, but we're not of the world. We're born of God. That's who we are. And we just need to be, we're not going to, if we don't have a diet of the Word of God, if we don't have a, a, a consistent, faithful diet of the Word of God, then we're not going to have a source to renew our mind to. We need it to be renewed. Now, I'm not saying we just need to be in the Word of God and, and we're, no, we're not naturally good. No, we, 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 need, we, have, we have things to do. As, as mothers, as fathers, as, as, as workers, employers, employees, uh, there's things that we need to do. But we can't do, I can't be the best husband I need to be without having a relationship with God. Without knowing who I am in Christ. This comes first. It's not just this so I don't have any other horizontal relationships, but I have this so I can be effective horizontally. That makes sense? I need to be plugged into the vine. I need that energy. I need that strength. I need that mindset. I need to renew my mind. It says here, going back to the text, and do not be conformed to this world. Don't be conformed to the mold, the pattern of this world, but be transformed. That word transform is where we get the word metamorphosis, like a caterpillar from a butterfly. Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. You are not going to know God's perfect, good, acceptable, and perfect will of God without having a relationship with Him. But I believe that as you, and we're going to get into that if we get that far today, uh, as we just have a relationship with God and do the base, even just the basic things of being in the Word of God, having a regular attendance in, in church or, or where fellowship, we talked about this several weeks ago, but the apostles, the early church, were steadfast to the apostles' doctrine, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. And we need to have a regular diet. And if we just do the, those four things regularly on a consistent diet, we will grow and we will know the perfect will of God. You can't have a relationship with God without knowing it. And I understand sometimes there's some other components that come in play, but if you would just abide in Him and His Word. Jesus said He didn't do anything without spending time with Him. He would spend time with the Father and know what he was supposed to do that day. To know who he was supposed to go to, what he was supposed to do. He couldn't do he didn't have any source in himself. He was the Son of God, but he would he he laid that down to be the Son of Man, though he can go to the cross. And now he is fully the Son of God, Son of Man. And I'm not going to go into all that right now, but but uh, he had to depend on his relationship with God the same way we do. And I'm hoping I make sense with that. We're talking about Brian renewal, but I'm also speaking to how do we renew our mind we need to something to renew it too if we're going to align something we need to 
we need a plumb line, we need a standard to align it to. When I try to, to level the pictures and I try to level something, I need something to level it by. Uh, you have a little leveler that helps. But sometimes we just need the, we need some, some standard of whether or not it's level or not. I've painted some pictures before and it's level, but the wall is not level. <laughs> you can look at the ceiling, and the ceiling, you find it, the, 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 the ceiling's this way or that way. And the, the picture's lying, but now it looks silly because the, 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 the ceiling doesn't look aligned. So anyway, sometimes you have to make the picture look awkward too, so it lines up with the ceiling. But anyway, that's a little bit of Am I making sense a little bit this morning? Just about the importance, the, 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 the essence of having a relationship with God. Um, let me just read some things here. Let's, let's see. If the word God says it is so, so seeing, we need to see things the way God sees them. If we're going to renew our mind, we need to see things as God sees them. We we need uh, see we need to see God how God. Some of us, because of our maybe some of our, our our teaching that we've received through the years, we have a wrong perception of who God is, and we need to we need to know God for who He really is. And some of us, and we need to renew our mind to who God really is, the true nature of God. <coughs> We need to see ourselves as God sees us. We need to see others as God sees them. We need to see life and circumstances that we are involved with as God sees them. For example, when Jesus wanted to feed the multitudes, uh, he saw that there was plenty of food, but the disciples only saw a few loaves and a few fishes. They saw things naturally. Jesus saw things spiritually. That he, We have a God who has more than enough. And, how, and the disciples need to renew their mind to that God is our provider, that God is our source, that God is a God of miracles. Um, after he fed the multitudes, he, he, they, they had the issue on the lake with the storm, and Jesus had a conversation with them that their heart had become hardened. And it wasn't because of some great sin that we would know sin, murder, you know, lying, cheating, stealing, uh, some type of uh, immorality. But we can harden our heart when we don't trust God. When we just don't, we, we see things from a natural perspective and not from a godly perspective, a kingdom perspective. But we knew in our mind, our hearts can become very hard. They can become very callous. They can become very, we can get to a rut where we only think one way. We only think in one dimension. We only think in one level. But God is a God of impossible. He's a God of miracles. Uh, we have to think outside. We, the Bible says, and Paul says in Romans 8, 6, to, to, to be naturally minded, to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. And we need to think outside just natural things sometimes. If God says we can do it, if God says we can go, then I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if there's a Red Sea in front of you and, that, and Pharaoh's army behind you and mountains on all sides. And it sounds like there's no way out. If God says you can go forward, then you can go forward. If God says you can walk around the wall seven times on the seventh day seven times and just give a little shout and the walls are going to come down, then that's what you can do. If God, Jesus comes into the boat of your lives, which is what's Peter's occupation, says after the fishing all night, being discouraged and catching nothing and tired and discouraged, and he says just cast your net on the other side. Well, how can the, the fish don't drop? under the boat on this side. Why are they just on that side? I don't know why they're just on that side. But if Jesus says cast your net on the other side after you just cleaned your nets 
After a night of just fishing and catching nothing and being tired and discouraged and, and all the work of cleaning up and you're just ready to call it a day. And, uh, and Jesus says, go, go launch it out into the deep and cast them on the other side. Then Jesus says, go do it. And we, you know, and we have to renew our mind. There are so many things that were just not natural for him to do that. One, they didn't fish during the day. They fished at night. And they already caught nothing. How did the fish any different now than they were five minutes ago? You know? But when God says it, we do it. And we have to renew our mind. That I know my body might be aching. I know the different things. I know what the doctor says. But God says this. Or what it might be regarding finances or another situation that we're going through. We need to renew our mind to what God says and who we are in Christ. Am I making sense this morning? And uh, we can't allow the natural report, what we see with our five senses, and no disrespect to any other people, including ourselves, but we need to respect the Word of God and, and line ourselves up to the Word of God and, if, uh, and, 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 uh, and do what God says we can do. And even if it looks impossible, and a miracle, a miracle will be impossible. <laughs> in, a, in the sense that a miracle, you can't explain it. And that a miracle will defy any natural order. Uh, but, but God is a God of miracles. And that's how he operates. That's his specialty. We serve a God of miracles. And it may look not impossible in the natural. But it's not impossible to God. It's not impossible because you are in Christ Jesus. I'm making sense. And it's time to see more miracles. It's time to see the supernatural. It's time to see uh, these things. We need to see ourselves the way God sees us. If God says I am, then I am. If God says I'm healed, then I'm healed. If God says I'm blessed, then I'm blessed. If God says I'm redeemed, then I'm redeemed. If God says I'm righteous, I'm righteous. If God says I'm wise, I'm wise. If God says I'm set apart, I'm set apart. If God says I'm a citizen of heaven, then I'm a citizen of heaven. If I'm more than a conqueror, then, then I'm more than a conqueror. If God says I'm victorious, then I'm victorious. If God says I'm not ashamed, then I'm not ashamed. If God says I can do all things through Christ, then I can do all things through Christ. If God says I'm loved, then I'm loved. If God says I'm accepted, then I'm accepted. If God says I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places, then I'm seated with Christ in heavenly places. If God says I'm a child of his love, then I'm a child of his love. If God says I'm forgiven, then I'm forgiven. If God says I'm at peace with God, then I'm at peace with God. If God says I'm predestined to the seed, then I'm predestined to the seed. If God says I'm chosen, then I'm chosen. If God says I'm complete in Christ, then I'm complete in Christ. If God says I'm the head and not the tail, then I'm the head and not the tail. If God says I'm above and not beneath, then I'm above and not beneath. If God says I'm highly favored, then I'm highly favored. The list can go on and on and on. And I, I read that to, to emphasize the point. If God says it, then it is. And we sometimes, some of those things, and the list can go on and on, we need to renew our mind to that. If God says it, well, we're not thinking it then who's wrong? If God's not wrong, God's not off, we need to align our heart and our mind and what we're meditating on. We, you know, a lot of people ask, we're going to talk about that in a minute, but, you know, meditate. People ask me, how do you meditate? Well, most of us do it naturally all the time anyway. You ever worry about anything? You ever bowl something over? You ever think, play the what-if game? What if this happens? What if that happens? What if they... They don't like this. What if I do it wrong? What if I mess up? What if I stumble? 
All that meditating, we're mulling it over. We're muttering it over in our mind. We're chewing on it. We're digesting it. We are, our mind is focused on it. And Andrew Womack has a, uh, some teachings on your life will go in the, des- in the direction of your most dominant thought. We have a lot of different thoughts, but whatever is your most dominant thought, your life will go in that direction. I want Jesus to be my dominant thought. I want God, what God says about me to be my most dominant thought. Even at times, well, I'll just use an example, when I, uh, I feel like a, a, a sickness wants to come on, a cold flu or sore throat or whatever, my immune system seems a little weak. I don't want to focus on that. I used to just claim it. I used to say, I'm getting sick. Well, I don't own that anymore. I'm not going to say I'm going to get sick. I'm well. And I tell my body, and I speak over it. I say, you will be healed. You will not be sick. You will not get a sore throat. You're not going to go through this. And, um, and different things. And I, I, you know, I, not just one time. Sometimes I do it for several minutes. Sometimes I do it all day long. I'm meditating on what God says. I'm not meditating on what my body is telling me. I'm telling my body what to do. I'm not letting my body tell me what's going to go on. I'm going to let my spirit man be the boss and not let my body be the boss. That makes sense? I'm just using that as an example. Same thing with finances. Same thing with other things. I am who God says I am. And a lot of this list that I just read are, are scriptures from the New Testament who God says we are in Jesus Christ. And that's who we are. We're born again. We need to renew our mind to those things. It's real easy to get off track. It doesn't take much. We stop meditating on the Word of God. We will ne- we're always meditating on something. It's hard for us to turn our minds off. Uh, you know, and we just, we're, it seems like we're constantly thinking about something. Paul said it this way, whatever is lovely, whatever is good, whatever is good before, the list goes on, think on these things. And the God, of, the God will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. We need that guarding. We need, we need him to guard us. But he says also in Isaiah that he will keep him in perfect peace, he whose mind is stayed upon me because he trusts me. We need to keep our mind stayed on him. Like a, like a horse with that, br- that, that bridle, and, and they, they put those things on the right. I don't know what it's called. I know they have the bridle for the, but they, we did send the blinders, I think, sometimes they put on them. You know, we, we sometimes need to see things blindly in a sense that we're not going to focus on the world. We're not going to focus on the natural. We're going to keep our eyes focused on him. The, Paul calls it the fight of faith. And sometimes it's a fight. It's a struggle because the enemy wants to shipwreck our faith. He wants to he, uh, get our faith off. But our, our faith will follow what we see. Now, we might not, might, see, might not see in the natural, but I see myself well. I see myself blessed. I see myself as God sees me. I say that. I don't always. There's times I struggle like, just like all of us. And sometimes I, my, my, my flesh gets the best of me. But I need to think, I need to see myself the way God sees me. And I have to do that throughout each day. I have to do that in my life. That makes sense. And when I do, it, it, I'm abiding in that vine. Abide, and sometimes I need some help. Sometimes I need to get in the Word. Sometimes I need to get, have some worship. Sometimes I need to pray in the Spirit. Sometimes I just need, I need to call a pastor, a, a friend. Uh, just because I know the right things, but I just can't seem to kick this mindset. You ever, you ever get in a rut and you, just, you know you're thinking wrong, you know you're doing wrong, and you just can't seem to kick it. You've done everything you know to do. And then it's time to, that's a good time to call a pastor, a friend, or whatever, and get someone else to help. And there's times we have to do that. 
and, uh, and, uh, and God given us the body of Christ so we can edify one another, build one another up. You know, we don't need to be see how tough we are by trying to be a long ranger. It's even long ranger had Tonto. You know, Batman still had Robin. Batman always knew what to do. And Robin was always called something holy. Holy guacamole, Batman, or something. You know, he was always, but, he, but, but he still had Robin. Because sometimes, sometimes Batman got in trouble and he needed Robin. And once in a while, Batman and Robin got, got pinned down and needed Batgirl. You know? So, so anyway, we always need somebody. You know? And so, you know, anytime we think we can do it on our own, that's right. We're not, we don't want to be codependent, and that's a different topic. But at the same point in time, we need one another. God made the body work together. And we need more than that. Hope we're making sense this morning. Well, we'll move a little forward this morning in my notes as we go forward. Um, let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. So learn means to be saturated. It means to be permeated. There's a truth that we need to learn. There's a truth that we need to hear. There's a truth that we need to be taught. And it's in Jesus. It's in, we're talking about in Christ realities. And there's a truth that we need to learn. And, 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 and this, is the, this is the truth. That you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man, which goes corrupt according to the deceitfulness of lust, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. In short, let me just give you a short version of this. The truth that we need to so learn is that we need to put off the old man and we need to put on the new man who was created according to God in Christ Jesus. We need to put off the old man and we need to put on the new man. Where do we do that? Verse 23 gives the answer. We will be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That word spirit is not talking about spirit soul, but it's not talking your, your spirit, spirit. The word spirit, you say, yeah, means your attitude. We need a, sometimes we need an attitude change. We need to think differently. We need to be renewed in the spirit of our mind. We need to stop thinking in the, as according to the flesh, and we need to start thinking according to who we are in Christ Jesus. And we are holy. We are righteous in Christ. We're not holy and righteous outside of Christ. We're righteous and holy in Christ Jesus. But that's who we are. And we need to put that new man on. Where do we put that new man on? We need to, I don't know about you, but I just see myself kind of like changing clothes or changing eyeglasses. I need to see myself taking off the old man and putting on the new man. That makes sense? Sometimes a little gesture helps me just put into, uh, I just see myself doing that. Sometimes I just need to see myself doing that gesture where I'm 
it's almost like, I like the eyeglass idea because I'm taking off the lens of seeing life through a natural man. And I'm putting on the new man of seeing life, seeing life through a whole new lens. How you see life, how you see things. Well, the Bible says in Matthew chapter, I think it's five, five, six, or seven, that the eyes are the lamp of the body. If the eyes are bad, the whole body will be full of darkness. If the eyes are good, they will be full of light. What we, you know, the little children song that I grew up with, be careful, little children, what you see. Be careful, little children, what you hear. And there's so much truth in that. We need to careful what we are putting into this thinker. We're going to put it into this mind. You're, you're, I have a teaching I taught before, but our mind is like a garden. And there's so many nutrients in the soil, whether it's a weed or whether it's the, 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 good, the good seed, that there's only so many nutrients, and so it can't, that it can't uh, feed both the good and the weed together. One of them is going to be dominant. Either it's going to be really weedy, or it's going to be have, have good, 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 the good seed growing. But it will depend on which one's getting watered. And sometimes we need to learn how to weed out our mind. We need to, and sometimes we need to prevent things from getting in there as much as we can. We need to farm. We need to, like a gardener, we need to get in the garden our mind what we're putting in there. And sometimes we need to go out there and do a little weed and feed. It's not just weeding out the bad. We need to feed the good. If all you're doing is weeding, but you're not watering the seed, you're not... How we water? By the washing of water by the word. We need to feed it. We need to fertilize it. We need to give it some good food. But we also need to weed out the bad. Because we don't want it to chuck out the, the good seed. Um, we, it goes with the parable of the sower. Uh, you know, the, the good seed would, uh, that it was choked out by the cares of this world. And the, the, the deceitfulness of riches. And, and the, the care for us for many things. Sometimes life just gets in the way. And it's always subtle. It's not usually black and white sometimes. Sometimes it's really gray. And, and, and we don't have, if we don't have a, that's why we need to have a regular diet of the Word of God and fellowship. Because if we don't have fellowship, and there's, many, there's many aspects of fellowship, but we can, maybe we interpret something wrong, and now we're feeding on the wrong interpretation of something, and we can get off into some weird, weird ideas and teachings. We need fellowship to bounce things off. I'm not saying everyone else is going to be right, but it's good to have good, like-minded fellowship where we can encourage and spur one another on iron sharpens iron. And we, it, it's, it's dangerous, very, very dangerous to be isolated. I mean, just in the animal kingdom, a lion will isolate their weak ones. We don't want to be isolated. We also don't want to be intoxicated. I'm not talking about alcohol. I'm talking about our minds can get so intoxicated with the cares of this world, with worry, with life, with circumstances. The Bible talks about, James talks about, be sober-minded, because your, your, your enemy is like a lion seeking to remain devour. Paul, I mean, Solomon talks about this in the book of Proverbs. We need to be sober-minded. You ever been around someone, or maybe yourself, where especially when they're going through a trauma, going through something, going, maybe they're, uh, it just seems like everything's falling apart, and in that moment, they're just a wreck. And their, their, their emotions are all over the place and whatnot. <coughs> in that moment, in that season, they're just sober-minded. 
they can't think straight. They can't even reason straight. Uh, they they don't want to make any major decisions. And when you're in that, in that, we need to have peace. We need to have soundness of mind. That makes sense. The Bible says that when we're double-minded, we'll be unstable in all of our ways. We need to be. We just need some peace. And usually, when, like when we're pastoring, ministering to people, especially when there's a tragedy that's in place. We want to minister to the need, whether it's physical, financial, relational, whatever the case. But the first thing I do is I minister peace. Speak peace in that place. Speak peace in their mind. Because it can be hard to reason and talk to anybody when there's no peace. There needs to be some soundness. There needs to be some sobriety in that, in that sense. That makes sense. And so we all need that. The times where, uh, uh, because, you know, it's, you know, it's like the enemy can kind of sometimes just come in and strut the hornlessness and and whatever. Sometimes I need to get back in peace. Worship. I get in word. Good fellowship. And that's ways of praying the Spirit. And build yourselves up in the most holy faith. And the Spirit is in Jude verse 20. So, am I, am I making sense? But all this is, is I mean, you're not lying. There's times where, right, there's times where we do this backwards. We put up, we don't see ourselves doing it, but we put off the new man and we put up back the, the old man back on. You know? Because we're so used to that. And some of us, by default, because we've done it all of our lives, we've put on the old man. We need, to, we need to put off, we need to be like Paul, I am crucified with Christ. Because really, if you study this word out, put off, it means to cut off. It's the same terminology as using circumcision. You need to cut off the old man. We need to bury the old man. We need to, we, we don't... Uh, uh, the king can't just change your conversation. We need to change the way we talk. But sometimes we can't change the way we talk because we haven't changed the way we believe. Uh, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. So I can hear, you just start talking with someone about a situation, I can hear unbelief and I can hear, sometimes I can hear faith. Which one's dominant? Sometimes, usually, I hear a combination of, of both. But what, what, which one's the most dominant one? They might be saying some good scriptures, but they're really dominant about uh, what's going on. They're really dominant about uh, as they falling apart. They're, they're, they're more focused on fear than they're focused on faith, and one's more dominant. Sometimes they're acknowledging the fact that there is a situation, but they're not going to. They're not going to submit to that. They're not going to submit. We're not going to submit to uh, sickness. We're not going to submit to lack. We're not going to submit to problems. We're going to submit to God. And by submitting to God, we resist the devil, and he will flee. But we have to renew our mind to that. Sometimes we have we have to make a conscious decision. I'm going to submit to God, and God says I'm healed. God says I'm blessed, and I'm not going to submit submit to this report that says otherwise. Uh, go with me. I don't know. I wasn't going to go here, but go with me to Second Corinthians chapter ten, <coughs> verses four and five. Second Corinthians ten. For the weapons of our warfare, how many of you know that we are in a war? The enemy wants to destroy, he kill, steal, and destroy us. And he doesn't take a day off. The moment we take a day off, that's when he's usually winning in that particular battle. But we're in a war. And we have weapons of our warfare. Alright, so 2 Corinthians 10, 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, meaning it's not natural. Not physical, not of the flesh, but mighty where in God. And we're talking about being in Christ. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. 
but, but it's mighty in God. It's not mighty in the flesh. It's not mighty in the natural. It's not mighty. It's in God. It's in Christ. For the pulling out of strongholds. A lot of people, when they see this word strongholds, they think, you know, they're talking about intercessory prayer, praying about the stronghold over a city, over a nation, whatnot. We'll, I'll refer to that in just a moment. But it says, verse 5, casting down any argument. And the King James says, any imagination. Casting down any arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the what? The knowledge of God. Bringing every thought, not just some, but every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We're talking about in Christ's reality. What, what, what is the obedience of Christ? Christ went to the cross. His obedience. So we're bringing every thought into captivity to what Christ did. What Christ accomplished for us. And any, anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. <clears throat> if you don't have a knowledge of God, you don't have a relationship with God, you won't know what to cast down. You won't know what is exalting itself. But, <clears throat> for example, I just keep using sickness and finances as examples, but they're not the only things I'm talking, we're talking about. But anytime a sickness exhausts itself over God's word that says, by his stripes we're healed then we can cast that out and bring it to captivity to the obedience of Christ. Anytime sickness rises up and says, exhausts itself and magnifies itself over the fact that Christ, God says, by his stripes we're healed, which is the obedience of Christ, because Christ, Christ went to the cross in obedience to pay for our sins, pay for our sickness, then I can bring that down. I can bring that into captivity every thought that exhausts itself on knowledge of God. Same thing with finances. Same thing with other issues of life. Am I making sense? This is a constant battle. When we don't, when we meditate on, I'm sick, I'm sick, I'm going to be sick, I'm going to go further, I'm going to die, and different things, that becomes a stronghold. What I want, what God says to him, to become, in a sense, a stronghold in my mind. That makes sense? I want that to be my most dominant thought. I want it to be a seed that's watered and it becomes like an oak of righteousness. It becomes a strong tree. It becomes a strong tower. It becomes my most dominant thought. But we are bringing, and I, let me just transition real quick to the King James. I want you to see this. Casting down imaginations. What are imaginations? They're in our mind. You ever, you ever imagine things? Maybe a sickness comes on, or finances, or just, or just use finances for them. I use a lot of sickness ones. But maybe the bills are coming in, or maybe it's something like you just start having a lot of car repairs, or whatever the case may be, and then you get cut hours at work, or less, less money coming in, and your mind, imagination is already going, we're not going to make it. We're going to come short. We're going to struggle. And that can become imagination. That could be something that we're imagining. We're playing that over and over, different scenarios, how it's going to play, and we're worried. But we need to cast down imaginations. And every, and, there's a conjunction there, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. If what I'm imagining is exalting itself over the knowledge of God, finances, sickness, whatever, then I need to cast down that imagination and renew my mind to what God says about my situation, what God says about my health, what God says about my finances, 
God says about me. That makes sense. If we don't, if we don't, then that thought, that imagination, can become a stronghold. But we need to we we need to bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Am I making sense this morning? And because this everything I'm talking about is the weapons of our warfare. This is how we fight. Uh, I can use, I can title everything I just said into, and in, in, in uh, Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about the armor of God. We need the helmet of salvation. That's about our mind. We need the sword of the spirit. We need, uh, we, we need the shield of faith. We need, uh, we, we, we need the belt of truth. We need to know truth. We need the, we, we, we need these things. We need, uh, uh, so we need, uh, but, you know, and so many speakers, I mean, I think Joyce Myers has a teaching on the battle of the mind. The battle is of the mind. That's when the enemy starts. That's where he plants a thought. That's what he did in the garden. Did God really say that you'll die if you eat this fruit? He always gets you to start doubting the word of God. He always gets you to start doubting what God said about you and about him or himself. He will always get you to question. He will always get you to being confused. He will always get you to doubt God and His Word. And He does it subtly. He comes as an angel of light. And anytime we begin to question what God says, or anything we be, time we begin to think and meditate, imagine something that is contrary to what God says, by a strike on Him, my God will meet, meet my needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. I will live and not die, and I will declare the works of God. Uh, the list can go on. I mean, uh, uh, whatever the situation is, but it, 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 it starts with an imagination. It starts with a thought. It's a seed of thought. And are we going to water that seed, or are we going to fertilize that seed by mowing it over and digesting it and whatnot? Or are we going to feed the seed of God's word, and we're going to meditate on that word? Uh, I've heard testimony after testimony. People, when they need healing, they will get all the scriptures about healing and they will meditate that left and right. They will meditate that day and night on his word, on healing, on finances, on provisions. And it's not just, again, cramming our mind that there's, some, there's, there's a tool so it will work. But it's not just about cramming, about meditating. It's about getting it into our mind so it can get into our heart. And it's not just knowing scripture intellectually. It's believing it. But we're never going to believe it if we don't know it. We need to know it. We need to hear it. We need to meditate it so we can believe it. The believing it, you know, <coughs> believing it is like turning the key on the car and it works. But we need the knowledge. We need everything that's underneath that hood in the engine. We need everything that connected right. We need all everything. We need, we need the truth. You shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. The truth has the power, but it has no power if you don't know it. It doesn't have any power if you don't believe it. But we need the truth, and we need it in our thinker. We're transformed by the renewing of our minds. But it's not just cramming things into our thinker. It's believing what we are, are, are learning, what we're listening to. And we'll be transformed by that. That makes sense? We need to see things differently. We need the Word of God to paint a different picture on the canvas of our minds, on the canvas of our hearts. I, I did this with a, uh, we had a gal who was coming to our church for a while. She was a painter. She painted pictures and whatnot. 
And I, so I just started talking her language. I said, we were talking about a fair request or whatever, and I forget the details and whatnot, and that's, our, that's besides the point anyway. And I just said, you just need to start, start with a new canvas. And start painting a picture in your mind how God, what God says about your situation. And you need to think on that. Don't think about everything, all the negative. Don't think about uh, the worst case scenario. Don't think about what everyone else says. Because it doesn't matter what everyone else says. It only matters what God says. When it all comes down to it, we're just dancing before there are audience of one. It doesn't matter what other people think. It matters what God thinks. And God says we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says that we're here. He says we're accepted in the beloved. We need to know what God says. But we're not going to know what God says if we don't have a relationship with the Word. And we and the relationship we need every relationship is built on trust. We need to trust God. We need to trust His Word. You can't have a relationship without relating. But at the same point in time, the cornerstone of that relationship is trust. There, you, know, you will damage any relationship without trust. And, uh, but we need to trust God at His Word. We need to have a relationship with the Word so we can get it in our thinker. But then we need to renew our mind. My God loves me. There's no doubt. My God heals me. I don't care what the doctor says. No disrespect to the doctor. Praise God for them. But my God says I'm healed. I'm I, I, I making sense. But if we don't, that whatever our, our, is our strongest imagination will become a stronghold. And anything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, we need to bring that down. We need to cast it out. We need to pluck it out like the roots, like, like we would a weed in the garden. We need to pluck that out. We need to cast it out. Okay? So hopefully, um, we need to focus on God. We need to meditate on the Word of God versus just knowing scriptural facts. It's not just knowing scriptural facts. Praise God for knowing scriptural facts. We need, there's a point to that. There's a, it will help to know scriptural facts. But we need to focus on what the Word of God, the scriptural facts are saying. That makes sense? We're not just cramming our minds to, you know, we did that in school, some of us. We would cram for the test. But we never learned the material. Once the, once the test time was over, once that class was done, I mean, it was gone as once we walked out that class door, once we put that pencil down on that scantron. We, don't, we never knew the material. We were just memorizing the past the test. So we hoped we got an A or B. We didn't know the material. And some of it, some of it we did, because we just, we, 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 we connected with that. And we enjoyed it. You know, um, life can't be that way. We need to know the Word of God, yes. But we're, we're not trying to pass some tests. The, the test is really life. Can we apply that Word to the situation, real life situations that we are facing every day and in the seasons we are? That's where the test is. And you can't cheat on that. You can't just cram on that. You have to, yes, you need to know the Word, but you need to believe it. It needs to become your most dominant thought. If it's not your most dominant thought, you're not believing it, then it's just dead, in a sense. Faith without works is dead. We need to believe it. We need to uh, put action to it. Um, hope we're making sense. We, we're not just cramming our mind with scriptural facts. We are believing what we teach. That's why discipleship is so powerful. We're not just cramming people with a bunch of formulas in one sense. We're giving them the trust of word. Have a relationship with God, and they're going to grow from the inside out, not the outside in. I think I've used this illustration before, but I don't know if I did with this group. 
But, uh, you know, I we're just wearing Christmas time. I love a Christmas tree. Christmas trees are beautiful. People have different tastes and styles, whether they want a fake tree, a live tree, uh, or one who has, and has snow on it, one who doesn't have snow. Uh, but then we have different tastes of color, of ornaments and whatnot. But a Christmas tree is decorated with, with items that are not its nature. The ornaments, the garland, the lights that we put on. It's not the nature of a true Christmas tree. A Christmas tree does not naturally grow lights. It doesn't naturally grow garland. And it doesn't naturally grow red and green and blue and different kind of bulbs that, bulbs that we put on there. And ornaments. It doesn't not, it, it, we adorn it with something that's not its nature. It's beautiful, especially if it's to our taste. But it's not growing something that's nature. But a fruit tree... A natural fruit tree, for example, an apple tree, will grow things that are its nature. An al- a, a Christmas tree, you adorn it on the outside, but a fruit tree grows naturally from the inside. The fruit tree is abiding in the vine, and it's growing naturally from the inside out. A Christmas tree, you decorate it from the outside to make it look beautiful. But in a sense, it's either dead, or the fake tree to begin with, or it's, unless if you get planted in the ground with the right nutrients, it's, it's, it's dying the moment it was cut off, you know. And so it's, it's in the process of dying. And I'm not trying to be negative about it. We love Christmas trees, but I'm just using this as an illustration to drive a point. I want the nature of God. I want the things of God. I want the realities of who I am in Christ to grow from the inside out. Not just me trying to make it happen like a Christmas tree. There's a difference. That makes sense? Right. We are in Christ. That is our new nature. We're born again. That We have the nature of God. We have the life of God. We have the fullness of God. And if we will just have a relationship with that, trusting that, renew our mind to that, it, all the things we're talking about and more will grow from the inside out supernaturally. Natural. The supernatural should be natural. Because we're born of God. We're born into supernatural. We're born into eternal life. Eternal life is not natural. It's eternal. But the eternal God created the natural world. The eternal is a natural force. Or the parent force. That's what I'm trying to say. the, 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 The eternal created the natural. We are born again. We're born of God. Spiritually speaking. And it's supernatural. And we should be living supernaturally. And Andrew said it this way, if we're not living supernaturally, we're living superficially. Like a Christmas tree. Oh, that arm. Because a, a Christmas tree is superficial. But a fruit tree is supernatural. Why does it, it, it's natural in one respect, but God spoke into it in the garden. He said, apple tree, you will produce apples. He told that seed, he told every seed, you will produce after your own kind. God commanded it in Genesis chapter 1, verse 11, and, and surrounding verses. He commanded it. God spoke to it supernaturally, and naturally, supernaturally, it's producing. He said in Hebrews chapter 1, that he upholds all things by the power of his word. Everything God's created is upheld by the power of his word. We can trust God's word. God's word, God, Jesus said, is spirit and it's life. <coughs> Hopefully I'm making sense. I'm going to tell me rabbit trails from what I have on my notes. But I, I hope it's being fruitful and coming out good. 
But I'm trying to get us to renew our mind that this is who we are in Christ Jesus, and we need to be living supernaturally, naturally, if that makes any sense. Okay? Um, go with me real quick there, Matthew chapter 3. This verse, and I'm going to just make a reference here. Gonna, but, um, Matthew 3, verse 8 says, bring the, bring, uh, Let me go back to the 18 years real quick. Therefore, bear fruits worthy of repentance. Actually, I'm going to go back to the 18 years, sorry. Bring forth, therefore, fruits meet for repentance. I use this verse a lot when I talk about repentance, what repentance is. The word repentance, just in, in short, in the Greek, means, the word is metatonia, and it means to change your mind. You can't change the fruit if you don't first change the root. You can't change how you are going to live, and you can't change your behavior. You can't change things until you first change your mind. That makes sense? Someone who is living like the devil, someone who's living in the world, until they change their nature, until they're born again, they're not from the inside out going to want to change their behavior and change their life. And they can't. They might try. And they might have some victories for a while. But ultimately, you can't control the flesh. You can't control an addiction. You can't control the flesh by the flesh. You need to be born again. And we need to change our mind. We, we want to bring fruits meet for repentance. We want to show the evidence. We want to have the fruit of righteousness. We want to have the fruit of holiness coming out of our lives. We want the fruit of being healthy and whole and all the fruits of salvation. But we need to change our minds. We need to repent. We need to change, think differently. Yes, we want to change our behavior. Yes, we want to go in a different direction. I'm not trying to take away from that definition that most of us can't probably grew up with repentance is going in a different direction. But you can't go in a different direction if you don't change your mind. You don't change your <coughs> And it's not so much stopping sinning, although that's included. It's more turning to God. If all you did was stop sinning, but you don't turn to God, to me that's not repentance. Repentance is turning to God. It's not turning to sin. And by turning to God, you will stop sinning. If you, if you get your mind focused on that, and you allow his nature to grow from inside out, the fruit will come from the inside out. It's not, we're, not adoring, we're not adorning our lives religiously like a Christmas tree. That's called religion. It's fake. It's wrong. And it, but we want fruit. And if you're going to have fruit, it's got to grow from within. You've got to change the need. You've got to fertilize the seed. You've got you to be connected to the vine. And we want fruit, meat for repentance, but we gotta change our mind. We gotta be grafted into Christ and not grafted into this world. We need to stop meditating. And sometimes we, it means if we're if something keeps causing us to sin, maybe a circle of friends or influence or going down a certain street and we get maybe we have a temptation doing certain certain things. Uh, you know, I'm thinking of right now alcohol and other type of sins. But it could also be gossip. It could be other things that we're, we're addicted to. Other things of our natural man that we put off the old man and put on in the spirit of mind, put on the new man. Sometimes we do need to change some things. 
Sometimes we need to change some friends, influences. Sometimes we just need to change our environment. Those things can help, but those are not the source. The source is God. The source is renewing our mind to Him. Because if we don't change the source, we can change our location. We can move on the other side of the planet. But if we don't change our, renew our minds, eventually we're going to go down the same path in the same rabbit hole that we were before. Because we never renew our mind. We never change our mind. We never change the way we think. You know, if we have never changed the hard drive. We never change, we never, we never reprogrammed it. But we have to reprogram this. Uh, and so, we need to, yes, we need to cut off some influences that can help uh, be a temptation. And, and we'll, because we'll, we'll, if we don't, those, te- those influences will help fertilize and feed the wrong things. The wrong influences, the wrong things, the wrong shows or things we're watching on TV, the wrong things that we watch on social media, bad influences, whatever they are, even just good people, but they're negative. <laughs> you ever been around some negative people? And when, you, when you're done talking with them, you just feel like having a shower? Because <laughs> they're just negative about everything? And, and, and they might be Christians, they might uh, love the Lord, but they're, just, they're on a wrong track. <coughs> And, I, you know, uh, I don't like being around those people too long. I might love them, but I don't want that influence. I don't want that negativity all the time. I want to be around positive people. I want to be around people whose minds are in heavenly things. Minds are in the Word of God. They're speaking truth. They're speaking life. I'm not talking about people who are perfect. I'm not talking about people who just, they got a good diet and they got good seed coming out of them. There might be a weed here and there, but there's good fruit. Am I making sense? And so, uh, but how, where does the fruit come from? The fruit doesn't come from by adorning it like a Christmas tree. The fruit comes from the inside out. It comes from, and maybe there were apples, but they want to be oranges now. They be, we, got, we need to be grafted in Christ. Paul says it when he's talking about being grafted in Christ, that, that the, the branch does not support itself. Jesus is our, is our life. We need to let that be our diet. But some other influences can be a bad diet. That will water the bad seeds, the negative thoughts, the, the old nature that we're trying to crucify, that we're trying to get rid of. The, that we're, it, it's our old default system. We want to change that default. We want to repent. We want to go in a different direction. Well, we want to go in a different direction, it's insanity. It's the definition of insanity is to keep doing the same thing and expect a different result. How many times do we do the same thing over and over again and wonder why we're getting the same result we did last time? You gotta, if you gotta change the, you gotta change the, 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 whatever you're baking, sometimes you gotta <laughs> change the recipe. Maybe it didn't have enough of this or that. There's something that we make and it says add cinnamon and we, we add a little more. You know? Some days ask for a little garlic and pepper and we, we add a little more. We like it. We like to wake that thing up. But there's some things if you change, you change one ingredient. You don't put any salt in or too much or too little. It can be a totally different pie, totally different uh, cake or whatever might, whatever you're baking. That may, may make sense. We need to change. But we need to repent. We need to change what we think. Yes, the goal is to change our behavior. Yes, the goal is to go in a different direction. But you won't produce a different tree. You won't produce different fruit if you don't change the roots. If we don't change what's watering that root, if we don't change the way you're thinking, and we need to repent, we need to, well, ultimately we need to change the way we're thinking. 
And some of us, we, if we keep having the same problems over and over again, we need to stop thinking a certain way. We need to stop thinking, you know, some of us are very negative towards ourselves. And we need to stop that. We need to speak life. We need to stop speaking negative. Some of us don't like our jobs or different things. We need to stop cursing our field and bless our field. We speak life over. It might not be where we want to be. We might not even like that job. But while we're there, let's bless it. While we're there, let's speak life over it. While Joseph was in Potiphar's wife, I mean, Potiphar's house, he rejected Potiphar's wife. That's how, that's how he got in trouble, by doing the right thing. But he, excuse me, I just had to get out of that track. But when, while he was there, he was honorable. While he was in, <coughs> in jail, he was the best prisoner in that jail. I mean, he was so honorable that the jailer gave him responsibilities. I mean, I'm sure if they have, have a, the Hall of Fame in that jail, he's in it. You know, the best jailer there ever was. But he finally became the prime minister. You know, he just be faithful. He blessed and still blessed where he was at. Because we don't work to man, we work unto the Lord. Even if it's our own business, even if we're an entrepreneur or whatever the case may be. Am I making sense? I'm just using these as illustrations, but we need to speak life over ourselves, our circumstances. Speak life over our body. Speak life over our car. You will work. We were given a car. Uh, when we were going to Bible college and we were told we, they were uh, going to salvage it, we were told this thing won't last six months or something like that. And we said, no, you will last if we're done Bible college. You will last. We even I sent it in to get a little detailed job and, and clean it up a little bit because it wasn't so pretty. Uh, but anyway, when I said, you will last. And it, it lasted almost to the end of Bible college, but it, it got us through most of it. But we, by, by that time, we were able to get another vehicle and we were fine. But, you know, we, uh, everyone, you know, we were going to speak like God gave us something, and you will, you will function the way that you are designed to function as long as we need you to function. We spoke life over that vehicle, and, uh, and so anyway, I, mean, I hope I'm making sense. And uh, all that speaks to repentance. Okay, I came really far, but that's okay. The Bible says in this, Proverbs twenty-three verse seven says, "As a man thinketh, so is he." How are we thinking? That's who we are. That's as a man thinking, so is he. Uh, okay, let's go to John 15. Start verse three, real quick. Back in the New King James, it says, "You are already clean." I like, I like that. Jesus is talking to those who are already clean. He's talking, to, and I want to just echo that for you. If you're in Christ, if you're born again, you are already clean in Christ. That's important. Okay. Because of the word, we're, we're clean because of the word. We, uh, uh, word was spoken to you. But even though we're clean, even though we're already born again, that doesn't mean that's not where we stop. That's where we start. We start with being born again. But now that we're born again, we need to continue to abide in Him. That makes sense. We're clean because of the word. We're we've heard the gospel. We believe the gospel. We receive Jesus Christ, the Word of God. 
We're clean because of the word. Jesus, the word is not the ink. The word is the person whose name is Jesus. We're clean because of what Jesus did. You're not clean because of anything you did. You're clean because you heard the gospel, you believed the gospel, and you received his righteousness. You received his life. But now that we receive his life, we need to continue to abide in him. If Jesus needed to abide in his Father, we need to abide in our Father. That makes sense? Abide in me, and I in you, as a branch cannot bear fruit of itself. You cannot bear fruit me for repentance. You cannot bear fruit, good fruit, the fruit of righteousness, the fruit of holiness. You can't produce any good fruit unless you are abiding in him. If you want your finances fruitful, if you want your health fruitful, if you want your life fruitful, you want your family fruitful, you want your workplace fruitful, abide in him. Unless it abides in the vine, neither can you, unless you abide in me. <coughs> I am the vine, you are the branches, and he who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. Go down to verse 7, just for a second time. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire, and it shall be done for you. We're clean because we've been born again, and we need to abide in him. We, we need to abide in him. We need to change our mind. We need to allow his life, his word, to be dominant in our focus, in our meditation, in our life. We need to allow his life, his thoughts, to be dominant and flowing in our lives. We need to have his attitude, his life going and bearing fruit in our lives. Um, go with me real quick to James chapter 1. I went here last week and I can't, couldn't remember why I went here and I tried to find the right book one on this week. Ah, that, that's why I went here that way. James 1.18, it says, Of his own will he brought us forth by the word of truth that we might be a kind of first fruits of his creatures. Now, you are born of the word of God. If you are not bringing forth good God fruit, you are not renewing your mind. God brought us forth by the word of God. That's how we were born again, not by that. We're, not, we're born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible seed. By the word of God. We were brought forth by the word of God. That makes sense? That, that, that could be a deep thought. But we are brought forth by the word of God that we might be first fruits of his creatures. God wants us to be fruitful. He wants our lives to be fruitful. But we are, it started with being born again. It started with us, we were talking about being in Christ, in Christ's realities. That's why I'm emphasizing so much what I'm trying to I'm trying to get at that who we are in him is real. It's real. And we need to think that way. That needs to be our focus, our meditation, our dominant thought. We need to filter everything in life, everything, through who we are in Christ. Paul says, I'm crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but it's Christ who lives me. And the life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who died and gave himself for me. We need to filter everything through that. If we don't, we're going to be double-minded in our life. We're going to live, some, some of us just have a church life, a, 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 a God life at certain times, certain days, certain places, certain, some people just have, are just Sunday Christians. The, the other six days, they live like the world. They do their own thing. But Sundays, Sundays are 
they're, 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 they put on their best clothes and different things, and nothing wrong with best clothes. But we need to, we're Christians 24-7. We're in Christ. And I don't want to just be a Sunday Christian. I don't want to just be when I'm at church or Bible study around you or whatnot. I want to, I want Christ to affect every area of my life. Okay? Hope I'm making sense with that. While we're here, we'll go down to verse 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and, over, and overflow of wickedness, and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. Now to verse 25. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, James calls the word of God the perfect law of liberty, and continues in it, and does is not a forgetful hero, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. I was reading that this week, and I just, I, I, I mean, I've, I know this verse, whatnot, and I just really, really, really liked it, you know. We, God's law is a law of liberty. It's a law of grace. I'm not talking about the law as far as the Old Testament is concerned. I'm talking about, it, it's the law, like, there's three laws that I took book about in the New Testament. The law of love, the law of liberty, and I'm trying to think of the other one. Faith, the law of faith, thank you. The law of faith. They're a law, just like gravity. They're a law. They're laws of God's kingdom. A law works all of the time. And God's word is a law to set us free. We're free not to live like the devil. We're free, like he was talking about, don't walk in all filthiness. We're not free to be filthy. We're free to be clean. We're free to be righteous. We're free to be healed. We're free to be blessed, to be a blessing. We're free. It's a, and he who looks into your focus, your meditation, your focus is looking into the law of liberty and continues. You're not just looking at it on Sunday morning or when you're having devotions or once in a while, but you are looking, your gaze, your focus is on his law of liberty. His law, I, another way I interpret his law of liberty is the law of grace. We are set free by the grace of God. But we continue in it and not a forgetful hearer. We don't just hear it on Sunday. We don't just hear it with the pastor speaking or Andrew or someone else or Bible class or Bible study. But we don't forget what we heard. But we do. We, we, we respond. We align ourselves up to what the Word of God says. We do it. We will be blessed in what we got to do. You know, you can read this verse with the raw lens on and see performance. Or you can put on the lens of, of grace and righteousness. And if God says I'm healed, then I'm going to act healed. If God says I'm blessed, then I'm going to act blessed. If God says I'm a child of God, then I'm going to act like a child of God. I'm performing not to get God's grace, not to get his liberty. I am living, I'm, I'm, I'm performing because I am free, because I am born again. I'm living like a child of God, not to become a child of God. I'm living like a child of God because I am. That makes difference. I'm not gonna. I'm gonna. I'm not gonna talk like I'm not born again. I'm gonna talk like I am born again because I am. I'm not gonna talk like I'm healed to get healed. I'm gonna talk like I'm healed because I am in Christ. Big difference. We're gonna get into this next week. I didn't get there today, but we were born into victory. That means we started from the place of victory. We're not trying to get victorious. We were born into victory. That's a starting place. When you're born into something, you start there. And so we're not the sick trying to get well. We are the well trying, resisting sickness. 
I resist sickness in my body. I don't care if it's already trying to take root uh, or sickness or disease, but if it's here, it's, not, it's an intruder. It's a trespasser. It doesn't belong here. I'm a child of God. I'm the temple of the Holy Spirit, and I will resist it. I will kick it out. That's my job, to kick it out. If someone came into this house and was an intruder, and, and, and was, was uh, we open our home to almost anybody, but they're going to cause, uh, going to be hostile and, and strife and, 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 and abusive, then they're not welcome here. And we will, as best we can, as polite as we can, kick them out. If we need to, we'll call the cops. We will do, but they're not staying. If a snake comes in here, it's not staying. If a, a lion came here, it's not staying. I don't care how big and what, it's not staying. If I, I might have to call animal control or something, but it's not staying. That makes sense? Sickness is not staying in this house. Lack is not staying in this house. Mercy reigns in this house. I'm not going to let bitterness or strife reign in this house. I'm going to do what the Word of God says because I'm a child of God. I'm free to be a child of God. I'm free to be healed. I'm free to be blessed. It's a law of liberty. And I'm going to keep my focus on it. I'm going to continue in it. And when I see this Word continue, I'm going to abide in it. I'm going to keep abiding in it. You know, a branch is going to say, you know what, I think it's about time we abide in the branch again. And then, then it spends the next six days of the week just being a branch by itself, and then every every once in a while become no, it has to abide. Abiding is a is a constant, steadfast position. We have we, we abide in the word of God twenty four seven. Sometimes a lot of times when I go to sleep, I said, Lord, just help me. I, I'm going to go to sleep tonight, but I just let's have a relationship tonight. There's times where I just feel like I'm talking to God all night long. I'm my body's sleeping, my body's resting, but He and I are having a good time. That makes sense? And sometimes I don't want to pray that. Sometimes it just happens. Sometimes nothing really happens, but it's a peaceful sleep. But I just, uh, I, I, better than having a bad sleep or a nightmare or something, I just refuse to have that stuff. I, I want to live and breathe who I am in Christ. Uh, and, uh, and, and so that's who I am. We are born again, and we have a new identity in Christ. Okay, uh, we just got like seven minutes left. I went. I wanted to get here today, but I didn't, so I'm just going to introduce this, and then we'll spend some more time on here next, uh, two weeks from now, because next week I'm going to do a Christmas message. Go ahead and read Colossians chapter 2. Spend like five minutes here, and then we'll wrap it up with me. We'll pick it up here in two weeks. As you therefore, so uh, Colossians 2, beginning verse 6. As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him. Actually, real quick here, I'm sorry, I'm going to quick talk to the King James. As you therefore receive Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith as ye have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. I like the King James because there's a colon right here, and I'll come to this in just a second. As you therefore receive Christ. How did we receive Christ? Did we have to get our life together and then receive Christ? Or did we receive Christ and He and us got our life together? We didn't have to become righteous to become to receive Christ. We received Christ and He made us righteous. 
In the same way we receive Christ, is the same way that we walk in Him. The direction I'm going to be going now, uh, as, as we continue to, as we wrap up this series, and I've still got a couple more weeks to go on this, we spent the first third of this message talking about our identity. In the last few weeks we've been talking about how we renew our mind to our identity. Now we're going to be talking about how do we walk it out. We, we are born again. We have a new identity to realizing who we are, which also includes we're renewing our mind to that. We're starting to think differently. We're renewing our mind to who we are in Christ Jesus. But now that we are, are born again, and we have renewed our mind to who we are in Christ, we're going to talk about how to walk that out. How does that play out? How do we live that out? How does that work? That makes sense? And so, you know, a lot of times we talk about who we are in Christ, but no one knows how do we do it. How does that work? What does that look like? Where's my part to play? As ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walking in. The same way that we receive Jesus Christ is the same way that we walk in him. Because it says, as ye have therefore received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk ye in him. That word walk, if you study it out, it also means it's a word abiding that we've just been talking about this morning. So a walk in him, so abide in him. But even if you didn't have that definition that walk means abide, there's a colon right here. And again, anytime I see a colon, the writer is going to expound on what he just said. So he's going to expound on that what does walking in him looks like. This is what Paul says walking in him looks like. Verse 7 says being rooted and built up where? In him. We're talking about incorrect realities. So walking in him is being rooted and built up, established in him. Established in the faith. As ye have been taught. Some of us have not always been taught right. And we have to unlearn some things. But if we've been taught right, we need to be rooted, built up, and established. Really what we're talking about here too is also discipleship. And I keep bringing that up. And my heart is not just to teach someone, give someone a fish dinner, but to teach them how to fish. My heart is that you don't just know it, but you become established in who you are in Christ. Because if you're established in who you are in Christ, you can walk this out. You can walk this out. It's called maturity. And if you mature, you're going to be strong. Not that we don't still need one another, not that we don't still need one but you're going to be stronger than someone who's not established. Andrew is established in who he is in Christ. So he's mature. And someone who's mature can help others. Someone who's not mature can't help others because they still need help themselves. That make sense? Not that, not that Andrew doesn't still need help, but we all do. But there's a different level of maturity. You give me an oak tree that's been around for a hundred years, it's planted got a root string, versus an oak tree that we just planted last week. One's stronger. One's going to be able to handle some of the, the wind and the, and the rain and the storms and the scorching heat. We get it's been around, it's got a root system, it's mature. But a baby tree, one that's planted, doesn't have all that stability yet. It hasn't been rooted, it hasn't been grounded, it hasn't been built up, it hasn't been, nothing wrong with it. It's got all the same DNA as the other oak tree that's been around for 100 years. But it's a maturity level, there's a growth level. There's been establishment. 
Paul talks about this in Ephesians chapter 4. If we're not, we'll be like every wind of doctrine, like children being tossed about by every wind of doctrine. And some people just, I mean, something happens and they're just some wreck over little things. And some people over big things. I get that. But Jesus never said everyone's going to be a bed of roses. He didn't say, he said, in this life you will have tribulation. But we, he has already overcome the world. But we need to be renewed. We need to be established. We need to walk with God. Jesus walked with God. Adam, before the fall, walked with God. Enoch walked with God. Abraham walked with God. Now, some of these men were not always perfect, but they walked with God. They had a relationship with God. The same way they received him, the same way they walked and, and, and they became established in it. Jesus, even though he was the son of God, as the son of man, he needed to walk with God. He needed to walk with his father. He needed to abide in him and spend time with his father and become established in it. Paul, when he was converted, spent three and a half years getting established. The disciples before they really operated as apostles walked with Jesus and got established. That was before the cross and then the cross happened and they got filled with the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, but they walked with God. Am I, am I making sense? <coughs> You know, so we're going to be talking about that, but let me just end on this note, and then we're, then we're done. I haven't really spoken on verse 8 before, but I'm going to be spending on there starting next week. Beware lest any man spoil you. Actually, I want to go back real quick to the New King James. Beware lest anyone cheat you or spoil you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of this world and not according to Christ. For in him, in Christ, dwells all the fullness of God bodily, and you are complete in him. Complete in Christ, who is the head of all principality and power. We're going to talk more about this next week. But let me just say like this now. Don't let anyone tell you different. Don't let anyone tell you through their own philosophy that you are anything less than what God says you are. Because if you believe and you meditate and you like, become established in anything less than what God says you are, you're being cheated. You're being spoiled. I don't want to live cheated. I, don't want, I, want to live, I want to experience all God has for me. That makes sense? I don't want to be cheated. You know, Bible, Jesus says it this way, I think it's in Mark, and we'll get to it next week. But he says, by through your traditions, you make the word of God of no effect. Philosophy, man's way of thinking. Man's wisdom will cheat you from what God has planned for you. Because what you have in Christ is the fullness of God. What you have in Christ is complete. And I don't want anything that's incomplete. I don't want 90% of God. I want all. I want everything he's got. i got to renew my mind. Right? But now that I renew my mind, you know, like we said, we're going to keep renewing our mind. Let's walk in it. Let's experience it. Let's do this. Let's take this for a test drive. Let's, let's live this life. You know, the car is beautiful, but it's more beautiful being driven when they need to. You know, the, the house is beautiful, but I want to enjoy it. We want to use it. I'm just using this illustration. God has given us a great salvation. And if we will do this, we can change the world. God used 12 unlearned fishermen. and uh, They weren't all fishermen. Some were tax collectors. Some were thieves. <laughs> Some were, uh, but he used 1,200 men to turn the world upside down, or right side up. He can use us.
but we need to have a renewed mind and we need to walk in him. I don't care how old you are, I don't care what gender, it's not about that. It's about being a child of God and being rooted and grounded in him. Lord, we worship you, we magnify you. Your word is so rich about who we are in Christ. I just thank you for this. Bless us as we go, remainder of our day, remainder of this week. Bless us, bless this week. Bless God, bless every family. And some of us will be with families over the next few weeks. And Lord, bless our times. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks for everything. For every good and perfect gift comes from you. In Jesus' name, we give you thanks.